0: I'm just dealing with these little annoyances. I think they got to zoom out a little bit more and try and have this more dialectical stance and not take acceptance or change how you feel about it as a, as like a dig at yourself, but more like, this is peace for myself. I'm the one, nobody else can, no one's losing sleep about the dish in the sink. I'm the one I'm waking up and I'm this. So what can I do differently? I can either change it or I can change how I feel about it. And that is a gift to myself It's for nobody else.
1: My name is Veronica Cisneros, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a mama of three girls, and married for 23 years. I am obsessed with helping you navigate through the seasons of marriage, helping couples like you break free from feeling like roommates. I will teach you the secrets to having a healthy marriage by providing tools and tips to help you reconnect in a way that you can't keep your hands off each other, where flirting and kissing is the norm in your household. Setting intentional time to date, get to know and support each other's dreams and goals so that you can grow together without keeping score or judging one another. Where you feel seen and heard even when you disagree. Where arguments end with mutual respect and understanding. Where you work together to build and strengthen your family so no one feels like they're carrying the weight of the family on their own. These are the necessary skills your children need for you to model so that they develop healthy relationships and thrive in life. This is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Hey, ladies, welcome to the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. You're going to definitely want to take notes because today's guest is not only a badass, but she's going to be giving you tools and tips, not only for yourself, but to take your relationship to the next level. Today's guest is a DBT. LBC certified clinician, registered yoga teacher, approved clinical supervisor, and the owner of DBT of South Jersey. She leads a group practice of 20 that has continued to grow rapidly since it's opened in 2018. Shailene is also the owner of Rebel Mente, her impact brand where she trains others in the areas of DBT, mindfulness, yoga, and trauma. She hosts the Tea Talk podcast where she shares the therapy tea related to all things. Shailene, thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited. I was on your podcast. I had so much fun. I was like, I, was gotta yeah, I gotta get I'm her on mine. I gotta get her on mine.
0: I'm super pumped to be here. It was such a good time together. So
1: thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's get straight up into it. A lot of couples or a lot of women right now, I gave a whole bunch of acronyms and are probably like, although I've talked about DBT, they probably have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. So please yeah. break it down, Charlie Brown status.
0: Yeah, DBT stands for Dialectical Behavior Therapy, not diabolical.
1: Somebody
0: asked me, they're like, diabolical. I was like, sometimes it might sometimes. be. Sometimes.
1: I mean, it depends on my mood.
0: <laughs> right, dialectical behavior therapy. It was created back in the day for, it, it was originally created for women with borderline personality disorder, which back in the day meant like crazy women. Yeah. And thankfully the mental health community in the world is starting to learn more, wake up a little bit more and recognize that number one um, BPD is not just for women. And it doesn't mean that people are crazy. If you look at someone's experience you can un- in their life, you can understand yeah. what has led to the behaviors that show up today. So um, it's an evidence-based treatment, which means there's a lot of research out there to support that it works. Um, And something that's really cool that a lot of people don't know about it is it actually works in treating BPD directly. So that means I've taken clients through DBT, um, specifically people who have had DBT and trauma. I've had really good success with them. And they don't meet criteria for borderline personality disorder anymore at the end, which is awesome because it was previously thought as like this you know, it's your personality. So it's just you. So we can't fix this. Um, so that is not true. And basically it helps people, anybody take behaviors that are going on in their life. Like the way that I explain it is everyone has behaviors that are helpful and not so helpful. So like if I'm upset with somebody, if my husband says something that bothers me, I can, scream at him or I can go take a walk. Right. So
2: I can
0: go to jail or we can go to dinner later. Like what's it going to be tonight? So, um, yeah, DBT helps people to change their behaviors and target behaviors that are causing more problems, decrease those and replace them with more skillful, adaptive behaviors. So that way you can go to dinner at night with your husband. Right? And not go to For jail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Today's episode I definitely want to stay laser focused on emotion regulation right mm-hmm. which is one of the one of the modules of DBT. Yeah. So a good amount of women will always ask this question. How do I refrain from losing my shit? Like, mm. how do I do that? How do I get my emotions? How do I get in control of my emotions? Because there's so many times where we're in the heat of the argument, and I end up saying things I regret. Yeah. And then I end up apologizing, even though I have proof, even though I have videotape, even though I have a script <laughs> of receip- how he's wrong, the receipts, <laughs> everything on how he's wrong. I end up being the one po- apologizing because I'm the one who really lost it and said, Yeah, you took it over. Bingo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you can shed some light for us and maybe even give us some personal experience on how you got into DBT and how it's worked for you.
0: Yeah. Well, I love DBT because it is something that's very much like, it's not gonna, I don't think just any person as a therapist, as a provider can do DBT because like you really have to be bought into it. So it's very much like a practice what you preach type thing. And it has really changed things a lot for me. You know, when you first talked about losing your shit, the first thing that came to my mind wasn't like my, my spouse, my husband relationship, thank God. Um, It was like family (laughs) relationships. It's like hard relationships, relationships, you know, with my mom sometimes um, can be like that. And um, there were a lot of times where I realized like, like my main reason for going to therapy myself was because I was like fluctuating between feeling really sad and guilty at our interactions and then feeling like ragefully angry. And I would just go back and forth through them. Like, you know, something would happen. And again, like I would feel very justified in it. And my reaction would be so over the top. And I would say things that even if I was upset, I still regret them because I felt like when rage comes out, it's like nasty, it's fire. Like, so even if I wanted to, say like, you're wrong and this isn't okay. The way that I responded, I mean, you said it exactly. Like the way that I behaved, then I felt shame and yeah. guilt. And I was like, what the, like, here I am trying to prove a point. And now I just, you know, completely went off the handle. So I went into therapy for that. And um, I I am really proud to say that now I don't feel the rage as, I don't really feel the rage as much. I'm a lot more aware. And so like, where do I I didn't go to DBT therapy myself, but my background in DBT therapy and the therapy that I went to together really helped me. And so what are the things that, that helped? I mean, I think the first thing is like, I needed to have the awareness that this pattern was happening. And so in DBT, this is core mindfulness skills, right? Like I needed to be able to observe when I was getting to that place. So what are the physical sensations that are connected to me being like uh, about to go off? And so I know that like my, um, I'm like, as I'm talking about, I'm like flailing my arms, right? like there's, a lot, of, <laughs> there's a lot of energy that goes through. Um, I know I feel really hot. I know I start to get a lot of pain in my neck and I can like, feel, I can just feel internally the moment of like, it's almost like I've got this guide inside that's like, Shailene, come back, yeah. girl, it's about to happen. Do you really yeah. want to? And it's like, I'm going there, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't give a uh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I, I have a lot more awareness around that and going to therapy paired with having a mindfulness practice and having mindfulness skills it helps me to have a different expectation of like what am i expecting of this person right like so if i'm in this relationship and there's problems coming up and it's always the same stuff over and over then i need to expect that it's going to be the same stuff over like why am i expecting anything different yeah. because when i do I just get really upset. And then I, you know, that's when I I fly off the handle. Like that's when it it feels like that rage feeling comes in. Right. So I had to pay attention to that, um, pay attention to those patterns that were coming up. And then I think the other thing, like in the area of distress tolerance that, that DBT teaches us, distress tolerance is like exactly that. How do I learn to tolerate distress? Like how, how can I sit with the idea of, um, I don't need to, like my my main priority in this moment isn't, I got to let go that it's to be right. Because when I, when my main priority is to be right and nothing else matters, yeah. again, that's another like sign and symptom that I'm on the road to, to losing it. And so there's a, a set of skills in there that are categorized in an umbrella called reality acceptance Reality acceptance is about doing just that. Like it's helping us accept reality as it is without fighting it. And if you think of yourself in a moment when you are losing your shit, you're not accepting reality, right? Like you're fighting against whatever it is. You're fighting against the fact that like you were right and that other person was wrong and it should be different and you should be different. And if you just didn't do X, Y, Z, then I wouldn't have to tell you that you need to be doing X, Y, and Z. But none of that addresses like right now in this moment, things didn't turn out the way that I expected. And now I'm pissed or now I'm devastated. Now I'm disappointed in you. Now I have all these judgments, like whatever that is, I can't act effectively if I'm not accepting reality as it is. And so there are skills around just being more willing. Like if you think about when you can play back the times in your minds, when you lost your shit, like there's probably a part of you that you can acknowledge was being willful, like was just, at this point, I'm just going to show you that I'm right. Yeah. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore, but I'm going to come out on top. I'm going to make sure I say the right things. You're going to shut up. You're going to, you're going to feel me. Yeah. You're I'm going to give you the silent treatment. It. Like mm-hmm. all of those things, like you're, you're now past the point of any like logic or reason or wisdom. <laughs> you just want to go just to go. And so I appreciate DBT giving the language to be able to say like, Oh no, in order to be effective in your life, in order to have more peace in your life, you have to actually be intentional around dropping a willful attitude and having a more willing open attitude. You have to be able to recognize what things are you doing to keep this fire going between you and the other person. You have to have mindfulness around what judgments are you holding? What expectations do you have of that other person that are making it so, um, you know, they're constantly disappointing you. Like, Well, if you change your expectations, maybe they wouldn't be disappointing you anymore. And then I think the last piece of it too that not just helps me, but I feel like everyone needs to understand is the co- like the concept of dialectics. So dialectical behavior therapy, it's 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 rooted in this in this idea about dialectics, which means that like there can be two opposing sides. In my mind, I might think that I'm right and you're wrong, but dialectics says that there's truth in both sides, right? So like even when mm-hmm. I think about you know my relationship with my mom, which can be really hard sometimes, it's like When I think about when I take a dialectical perspective, I can recognize that like on my side, I believe that I'm right. You know, like, if she could just listen to what I said, then we wouldn't be in this situation. And I at the same time, I can also acknowledge that on her side, she believes she's right. And who's to say who's really the right person? You know, I have people that I'm sure validate me and she probably has people that validate her. And I think about this even in terms of like the country, when we get super polarized on like politics and things like that, it's like you think to yourself man, those people are really out there. And then yeah. those people are thinking about everyone else. And they're like, yeah. they're out there, you know? And so truth is something that's relative. Like, it's still subjective. Like, there are certain things that we can't argue, but but there's always going to be, like, another side to something. And I think, like, for people who are in places of tension and relationships, couples, family stuff, like, whatever that is, if we can understand that there is something in that other person's perspective that holds truth, it helps to just like, like let the rope down a little bit and yeah. not be so ragey.
1: Yeah. Where do you think that comes from for us? You know, I'm glad you brought up mom. Where do you think that comes up for us? Because you're saying all of these things and I agree with you and you know, I'm not certified in DB. I can't say I'm like a DBT certified therapist. Um. I have, I have learned it and I have been mm-hmm. trained in it. Um. But I agree with you. Like, I remember the first time I started learning DBT and I was you know, I was in a hospital setting and it was like, okay, you're going to teach this to all of our patients. Right. I was like, all right. I felt like a car salesman because this sure. mindfulness shit, it sounds yeah. like bullshit.
2: <laughs> like, yeah. Sure. I'm in yeah, the present moment. Yeah, yeah. How am I going to sell mm-hmm.
1: it? And it wasn't until I did start practicing and utilizing it in my life that things started to change. But ultimately, like, you know, I, I appreciate you you know, saying that there are two two truths, you know, bringing up dialectics, recognizing Mm -hmm. where you're at, you know, understanding this willful and willing approach. At the same time though, when you're in it, you're in it. You're, you're so in it. And where do you think that comes from for us? Like, because I hear a lot of women, they'll say, okay, wait a minute. So I'm supposed to yield to win. And I'm supposed to fucking pat pat him on the back and say, Mm -hmm. thank you, honey, for washing that one dish that I've been asking you to freaking wash for the past goddamn week. Yeah. Like, there is, you know, a lot of us feel as if, especially, you know, us women, when we're in that relationship, we feel like we carry all of the weight. Mm -hmm. And then we go into keeping score, you know? And so... With all of these skills, and I'm so glad you broke them down. Can you take it? Take us even further. Like when we're in it, when we're fed up, and we just like, no, for real, dude, just freaking make a decision. Wash the damn dish. Leave (laughs) me alone. Right? (laughs) We're in that. I'm like, well, I feel like that was yesterday. Not just kidding. Um, (laughs) But like, when we're in that mode, like, how can you know? I know this. You know this. But for those that have not been. Trained or have yeah. not experienced this type of help, what would you say is one tool we can give them to start?
0: That's a good question. It's hard to come up with
1: only one because I have right? like 17
0: thoughts based on what you just said. But um <laughs> let's I go think, there. I think, like, I mean, if it's something that keeps happening over and over again, even if it's the same situation, like if it's the dishes or if it's, um, you know, not, it doesn't feel like our, uh, our, responsibilities are divided up equally Mm -hmm. or whatever it is whatever that same situation is that's happening right like so most people will uh the question always gets asked like what do you think the ingredient is for a healthy relationship and people are always like communication sure Mm -hmm. but like communication Mm -hmm. without action and communication without awareness isn't going to go like you can talk all day but communication itself isn't going to change anything right so the cool thing about behavior therapy is that like you start to understand when you pay attention to something that's happened over and over and over, you have a lot of data to start to understand what is it that's keeping this behavior alive, right? So like every morning I go downstairs and I see dishes in the sink. And every night after I do the dishes and I leave my partner downstairs, I say, Hey, the kitchen's clean. Can you make sure you clean up after yourself? And then I go downstairs again in the morning and the dishes in the sink. And then I get upset. And so this like, let's say that this is the cycle that's happening. So then you got to think to yourself, like, all right, communication isn't working. Like I've communicated and the dish is still there and I'm still getting upset. Right. So then you got to think like, well, what other things are a part of this scenario that are keeping the scenario alive? Right. Like what if something changed? Right. So there's all these, all kinds of stuff we can come up with. Right. Some of them are not gonna make any sense, right? Like I could you can just stop going downstairs. Okay. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> like if I but if you stop going downstairs, you wouldn't see the dish in the sink, right? And then that wouldn't queue up your rage. Okay. So that's not gonna work. But then you start thinking, like, well, what other things would work? Um, my mind, probably because the way that I raised was like I was raised like in a super strict household. My mind goes a lot to punishment and punishment yes. like punishment actually isn't the like Mm-mm. studies have shown it's not effective, no, right? At all. So in my mind, like my roots, my like teenage self, what would have happened to me if I would have left that dish in there? Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple mm-hmm. of things would have happened. But, but mm-hmm. like the first thing is like, what if you took all the dishes away and what if there weren't dishes anymore? Right. Again, there's like this extreme punishing thing. But we have to find ways to have like a natural consequence, something that's going to motivate the people in our environment to change. And, and, and so, so that could look like a couple of different things. Um, hopefully that's not taking the dishes away and it's not you just hiding up in your room and pretending that the dishes aren't there, but are there things that you do differently now that the dish is there? So like, um, maybe when you come in in the morning and you start cleaning the dishes, if everyone's asleep, maybe when you clean the dishes, you need the music to be on. It needs to be loud, even though everyone's sleeping. And this isn't like, this isn't in a way that's like passive aggressive, And I think that's the thing that people need to hear because that'll come off as punishing. It needs to be in a way that's like the ingredients that previously made up this scenario need to change and need to spit out another outcome. And so you've got to get creative at looking at, okay, what's going to happen here? And I think the really hard thing, so this comes back to reality acceptance, right? Is like the thing might just be that you change. So like, what are all the options we have? We can change the situation. This is what we're trying to do. And it's becoming kind of hard. We can um, change how we feel about it. We can stay miserable or we can accept it, right? So if we can't find a way to change it, maybe there is some creative way. Maybe we can change how we feel about it, right? And that sounds kind of hard. It sounds like I'm kind of just swallowing it and I don't really want that, right? That's how yeah. you get to the place of like, exactly. okay, well, I guess I'll just shut up and then I'll mm-hmm. resent. Yeah, exactly. Like, you yeah. don't want that either. Yeah. Definitely don't want to stay miserable. You don't want to keep going upstairs fuming every, every night or coming downstairs fuming every morning. So then there's this idea of acceptance and where a lot of people get it wrong is thinking that acceptance means that you have to just shove it, right? So acceptance, right? What would that look like? Acceptance is like, I know I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to see a dish in the sink. And so then what am I going to do? And what do I need in order to tolerate that, right? And to think about things in a more dialectical perspective, it's like, can you zoom out of that moment and look at your whole life and the whole picture and just consider like how important it is that that keeps happening? Now, if there are, let's say that's like one strike against the partner, right? Like that's one thing they ask him. And now let's say that's happening all day long. Like there's really no break for it. Of course, you're angry. Of course, you're rageful. Of course, like, of course, you're screaming to yourself and you're screaming at your partner because you're just so done because the thing isn't getting heard at the same time. So I'm speaking to like two different groups of people. If that's not the case, can you zoom out and look at if over the course of your day? Like, how much is it really going to matter that that's in there? Can you work on tolerating the fact that there's a dirty dish in the sink and you're not going to clean it? Someone else will clean it later or you'll yeah. clean it when you clean it. Like, can you work on how you see it? Not in a way that's just stuffing it. And the way that I think about this, like in my own life is there are things that my husband does that like annoy the shit out of me. Mm-hmm,
2: and mm-hmm.
0: there are things that I do that annoy the shit out of him too. And so it's like, Can I zoom out of this moment when I look at the sink and there's water drops all over? Can I look at that and be like, okay, this really annoys me. And at the same time, he's always telling me that I don't shut the drawers all the way. And to me, I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all that I don't shut the drawers, but to him, it drives him nuts, right? (laughs) So for the person that's like in the relationship where it's like, I'm just dealing with these little annoyances, I think they got to zoom out a little bit more and try and have this more dialectical stance and not take acceptance or change how you feel about it as a, as like a dig at yourself, but more like this is peace for myself. I'm the one, nobody else can, no one's losing sleep about the dish and the thing. I'm the one I'm waking up and I'm this. So what can I do differently? I can either change it or I can change how I feel about it. And that is a gift to myself It's for nobody else, but let's go to the person who's not in that. They don't have that luxury because they're in a relationship and things are really hard. And the reality is, is this isn't a one-time thing. It's just one example of 70 things that happen throughout the day. Yeah. And they are building and building and building. You know, that's a harder question because it's like, the question now is what's your, at any given moment asking myself, like, What's your objective? What's your priority in this moment? Mm -hmm.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Is my priority? And in DBT, actually there's three, you know, when we're thinking about relationships, they break it down into three is my priority in this, just this one moment. So I walk down, I see the dishes, is my priority self-respect is my priority, um, the relationship or is my priority to get an objective met? Right. So, so in, when I walk down in the morning and I see that dish in the sink, What's the most important thing? Is it my self-respect and being heard and the fact that no one's listening to me and I need to feel good about myself in the moment? Is it the relationship? Um, Because if the relationship is priority in that moment, I might not say anything. I might move more towards changing. So so for the person that's not in the high conflict, like the example I gave before with myself and my husband, a lot of the time for me, it's probably the relationship. Like I don't want to put tension on the relationship for this dish. Even if it's there every morning, it's not worth it for me. But if I'm in a situation where my relationship is last because of all the shit that I'm dealing with all the time over and over and self-respect is first, or the objective is first, which would be to get the dishwasher, then I'm going to attack it differently. But whatever way it gets managed, you also have to consider that when you are like on fire with rage, you're the one that's like, you're the one that's burning. And so if you want to get out of that as quickly as possible and maintain your self-respect, because remember my example before? I'd have all of this rage and then I would feel like shit about myself Mm -hmm. after because of how I handled it. So even if you are right, even if it is valid that you're at a 10 out of like a a 20 out of 10 with 20 out of 10
1: girl, 20 out of 10. Yeah.
0: You, you, you also want to think about like, how do I want to feel about myself after, um, even if the relationship isn't a priority at that moment. So I think like each situation and, and what the relationship looks like is going to, that's going to be different for each. Person And and even like relationships, the seasons that they go through that question, what's your objective, like what's your priority in this moment? What's most important? Is it the dish? Is it the relationship or is it you? That's
2: going to move and change. I know looking for the right therapist can be challenging. However, feeling overwhelmed and disconnected is even harder. Life is filled with several twists and turns, some more severe than others. We do our best to handle them as they come and find ourselves at a loss, not knowing what to do or who to turn to. The clinicians here at Outside the Norm Counseling are here to help. We are here to assist you through this time of need. Together, we will identify your strengths and goals and teach you healthy coping skills. Together, we will develop a plan to help you live the life you want to live. Our team is compassionate, genuine and we take a great deal of pride in providing an empathetic non-judgmental approach to all of our clients it's time you've waited long enough whether it be for you your child or if you're in need of a couple session we are highly trained clinicians ready to guide you schedule an appointment now by calling 951-395-3288 again that's number is 951 395 three, two, eight, eight. We're looking forward to meeting you and being a part of your journey.
1: I love those examples you gave us. And I'm thankful that you gave us two different ones because my audience definitely falls within those two, um, those two categories. And it's so relatable. I mean, we've, I've probably been one of the two, you know, in several, you know, days of my life, right. Right. Throughout the years. Um, but I love it. It comes back to you that's ultimately what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It comes back to you, you know, and I appreciate you saying it over and over, like acceptance does not in any way, shape or form say that this is, I'm just giving them a pass. Yeah, it's you know, and I got to, no, yeah. no, it's not forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's not any of those things. It's recognizing in this moment, I am going to accept the unacceptable, the unacceptable. It's accepting the unacceptable. Right. Like this is happening. And it, here it's we happening. Are. it's so going out what down.
0: are you going to do yeah. boom
1: yes mm-hmm. i'm accepting the unacceptable and i have so many options but i think that's the part and i'm so glad you you um you broke it down for us i think that's a part a lot of us fail to realize we actually get to make a choice like yes. we have that option it doesn't feel like we have that option i can't tell you how many times i've even thought he pisses me off He's the one, and in reality, mm, no, no, no. Ain't nobody else. I love that uh, the other example that you gave. Ain't nobody else freaking out about it. It's just you, girl. (laughs) you in this by yourself. And it's a
0: sad. I think like, and I think going back to that like idea of willfulness. It's like when we're willful and when we're in a righteous place, we're all of that fuel is validating like why we're so pissed off, and so you know, to walk around to go. I can, I'm laughing. Cause it's like, this has happened. This happened more in my childhood. Thank God the dish thing, but like walking around and being like, what the hell's the matter with it? What? And and then, you know, everyone's just kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's like a dish. It's not really that big. And you're yeah. like, well, no, it's not okay. this is disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's like, it's still, it's, it's a dish. And then you had to think about that, like that dish in another kitchen, are they losing their shit every night? Like, yeah. what is it? And so, just to be able to look back and have that awareness. And you also, you were asking like, where does it come from? Like when that, Mm -hmm. I think it just, I think there's a lot of places it comes from. Like, you know, we're talking, I know we're talking a lot to a lot of women. And I I think like, if you have a history of being, for me, I just feel like if I'm told to be quiet a lot of times in my life, like that's going to get stored up. And unfortunately- the beast will become yeah. unleashed in times <laughs> when I wasn't expecting, like about it's the not gonna be, quiet. It's
1: not yeah. gonna be quiet. It's not going to be quiet. It's not going to be quiet.
0: So if you're getting like, if you're getting a lot of messages that are invalidating your reality, like, oh, you know, and, and then that's another thing. Like if every day the person's like, it's just a dish, it's just a dish, you know, that's going to like, all of that stuff, if it doesn't go somewhere, if you don't do something to channel it, or if you can't accept it and, and change how you feel about it in mm-hmm. a genuine, true way, of course it's going to store up. And I also... Just want to say, like, again, the point out the other side, if someone's telling you every single day, like, it's not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal. It's like, that's not helpful. That's not helpful either. So it would make sense that somebody would really build up because if you're constantly being told, like, it doesn't matter or how you feel is overreacting. I mean, naturally, you're probably going to double your feelings are going to double down and try and protect you. And like, and and so I think that it makes sense that a, a lot of that, like, lose my shit, those moments, they come up more.
1: Yeah. So, so far it sounds like definitely recognizing we have a choice, you know, being able to position ourselves in what route do we really want to go? Like, what is the primary focus here?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, right now you said that, you know, um, invalidating your reality. I love the way you phrase that. And so, um, it's basically what you're basically teaching is how to cope when you feel like your husband is invalidating your reality. You know, feeling as if, kind of like bringing it back. You know, the dish isn't important. You know, the dish isn't important to me, but or uh, to me, but you know, to my husband, closing the drawers is important to him. Right. And you're not intentionally invalidating his right. reality, not at all. That's not even that's that's not that's not at all what your what your focus is on. It's on probably fifty thousand things. Right. And, you know, another thing, I I don't know if this is where you were going with regards to like the dishes, like the dish being in the sink, I feel like there's so many times we position our partner as the enemy. And in reality, we could have a clean ass kitchen, but are we alone in that? You know? Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Are we alone in it? And is this something that is so, so big? Is it so, so big or is it triggering something for you?
0: Yeah. And that's another, I mean, I just think I keep going back to this idea of awareness because all of these things, and I don't want to minimize anyone's experience. Like if someone's constantly being told it's not a big deal, like it is a, that is a problem. And then you are going to have to decide, is it just the dish or is it going to be like, do we have to have other conversations about our marriage? Like that's no, that the dish will be just one example of a bigger picture, but I think like the awareness is such a big the awareness of how I am, regardless of where I am and who I'm yeah. in front of, is really, really important. And being able, like I said, in those repeated situations, being able to look back on them like with a magnifying glass and learn and understand, like at what point do I start feeling like this is too much? What if I would have walked away? Like, what can I do different next time? Um, what can I do different to, to try and influence like what other people are doing? So that way their behavior will, will change. And it can be subtle, like maybe in the morning, you know, you come, you come downstairs and he's making coffee and he uh, says hello and you go in and you go and you clean the dish and he says hello and you don't say like, you're a little colder. You're just like a little less warm. And he says, what's going on? And you say, you know, it's just, I it, I know it's not important to you, but like every morning when I come back into this is so upsetting to me and I just don't know what to do. So now it's not, now you're not putting it on him. No. You're taking it all on yourself, but you're saying it in a way that hopefully will invite him to take it, a, maybe like pay a little bit yeah. more attention to it. Take it a little bit more to come with it. Maybe you guys buy paper plates and use paper plates at night time. Now, like, <laughs> like there's, there's all of these different things that can happen, but none of that can happen without awareness. And so I want to encourage anyone who's thinking like, this all sounds like giving a free pass or, you know, it's I'm letting that. it go or I'm just having a shot. It's like, these are gifts for yourself and to be yeah. able to have, less internal, to be able to have less rage, to be able to be more effective, to be able to feel good about yourself after you've handled it. And then being able to go through these situations and like Jedi mind trick people into doing what you want to do because of how you're acting, like to walk in. I mean, imagine that, you know, imagine you're Uh walking in and you're watching and he's like, what's going on? You see what I'm saying? You're like, I just... I know we've talked about it before, but I just hate coming down to dishes in the morning. And then he might say something like, you know what? I'm going to get up early. I'm going to make sure I do that. Like whatever it is, there's an opportunity for something to happen different, but that can't come without looking at it and having awareness. So like, let me see what I can change first to see if I can influence it and see
1: if, if, if something will shift there. So one leads me to my next question. How often do you, how often have you witnessed well I guess not witnessed but like you know as a therapist it's a, a form of witnessing we can yeah. be a part of that, their experience but when you start to notice right when 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 that individual starts to notice that change needs to happen and change needs to happen within themselves and they start to take charge of their life and they start to they start to make those changes they start to identify some of the issues they're bringing in right they notice it. They're implementing the skills. They're doing the damn thing. What do you notice happens not only in their marriage but also in other relationships? Do you notice that there's like a huge shift?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think like it's a it's something that's like very beautiful and very painful at the yes. same time. Because you know, you start making these changes. I mean, for myself in my um, personal relationships that are harder. You know, I changed my expectations and for me, it's really not about communication anymore. It's yeah. only about action and like Bingo. protecting my own energy. And so that's hard because now instead of going back and forth with the person, I'm just pulling back
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, um, you know, the other person might continue to ask like, well, what is it? Why can't we do this? Why can't we do this? And in my mind, what I want to say is like, you don't, you're not listening. You haven't heard me. You haven't done the things that I've asked you. But I also know that that's just going to be more of the same, right? Like you, and I say this like in DBT a lot, because I train other therapists and how to do DBT. And it's like, there's a way in which, because DBT has so much DBT specific language and the skills, yeah. it can turn into be really jargony. And you'll spend a lot of time talking to your clients and I'll watch session tapes of therapists talking to their, and they're talking about everything they should be doing, but they're not doing it. It's like, don't yeah. talk about it, be about it. Yeah, like instead it. of ta- instead of spending all this time reorienting people to, now you're not going to see me as much, or I'm not going to pick up the phone at night anymore when you call or whatever this limit is, like say it once and that's enough, do it then. Like you don't have to keep yeah. talking about it. And so I think for other, for people, for clients, like it's been, it's hard because there's like a bittersweet thing to it. Like there's not, now you've got more peace but you've got a little bit more grief and now you have to turn your attention to the grief that you have in the loss of this relationship. You know, even if it's still intact, it's just different. And so I think it's like, and and it's like a perfect, um, parallel to the idea of, you know, when we can accept our reality, there's still pain, but we don't have to suffer. So you're not moving to this like sunshiny place. You're still moving to a place of like, damn, this still hurts. But I'm not getting dragged anymore. I'm just kind of here dealing with this piece of it.
1: You know, you bring up a good point about grief. You're going to feel that grief because it is definitely change. And people are going to change because you've changed. Right. Um, And whether it be, you know, enhancing the relationship or, you know, Um, you know, grieving the loss of one. Either way, I I know, I know. For me, there was a a huge shift. You know, I thought I had to be like the perfect mom, the perfect wife, like all of these things. You know, making things from scratch, like clean, have Mm -hmm. a clean house, girl. If you were to come over to my house, you'd be like, okay, really, Veronica? Yeah, girl. You want (laughs) what? What are we doing? You doing coffee? You doing water? I ain't paying no mind to it. (laughs) We still hanging out, (laughs) Um, but. For for that shift, it was recognizing that I don't have to live this way anymore. It doesn't have to be forced. Yeah. That's what I was essentially doing. I, I, know, I you know. I'll speak for myself. That's mm-hmm. essentially what I was doing. I was trying to force all of these relationships. And I think it was like, I don't know. I think it was Gerald May, May or somebody else that had said, I can welcome both hellos and goodbyes equally. Ooh. Right? Mm. I can welcome both hellos and goodbyes. And still recognize that, like either way, there is going to be a grieving period because of the change that's happening. Yeah, and I'm no longer a prisoner to suffering. Yeah, right?
0: it's bittersweet. It's just, there's a lot of um, freedom and a lot of loss at the same time. You know, but these are things that are, we're like not immune to them in the human experience. We're going to experience them anyway, and so I, I think it's. Uh, It's a more empowered approach to
1: be able to choose what terms you want, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Shailene, this was amazing. This was so amazing. I feel like we I feel like everybody needs to pay you because we totally got this educational (laughs) course for free. (laughs) (laughs) You guys got served for free. For free. So So how do we get a hold of you? How if we want to connect with you? What do we do?
0: Yeah. Um, check out the tea talk podcast and like it, follow it, share it. I share a lot of, I mean, my, my purpose in creating the podcast was really to do two things, to highlight the therapist side of, um, being in therapy and to just show that like therapists are humans that are healing too, but also to showcase other ways of healing that are not just therapy. So we talk about different types of therapy. There's a lot of personal stories, Um, And then we talk about all kinds of stuff that like has nothing to do with therapy at all, but it's still healing for people. So, so yeah, if that's of interest to you and if you're a therapist um, looking to get trained in DBT, you can check me out at rebelmente.com. Follow me on Instagram.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you again.
0: Thank you. Have a great one, everyone. Take care.
1: Let's be honest. We can all use a little help in our marriage especially when it comes to communicating. I have created a guide just for you. Five things that are killing your marriage tips from a therapist. Find out if you are making these marriage mistakes. Ladies, this guide is 100% free. I will give you practical tips and easy-to-use strategies to apply right away. You all know I'm a huge advocate for couples. I am on a mission to help you and your partner experience stress-free living. With this free guide, we are setting our marriages up for success. But it starts with you. You will find this free guide here in the show notes or go to www.VeronicaCisneros.org. The information I will be providing you is next level and people pay good money to get these tips that I will be giving you for free. Don't forget to share this with a friend. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends.
3: Hey there. This is Casey McGuire-Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out.
4: I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020 and since then— I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. Oh, hey, it's Erin.